Welcome to Muma the Puma the podcast, a podcast that looks at everything Generation X by someone who's Generation X. We'll talk about things from the 70s, 80s, and right up to today. So sit back and enjoy. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Muma the Puma the podcast. First of all, I really want to start out by saying I apologize for the long delay between my last podcast and this one. Um, I've had lots of stuff going on that I don't really need to bore anybody with, but, um, I have been spending a lot of time doing other things, taking me away from this podcast. So again, I am so sorry it's taken me a while, but I am back and hopefully you guys will all find this as entertaining as I do. So there's lots of stuff I want to talk about that I haven't really had a chance to, do because I have been away from podcasting for so long. But the few things that I want to cover in this particular episode is, of course, the wedding of, I'd say last weekend, but it was actually last Thursday, of Britney Spears and her boyfriend, Sam, I think is his name. And basically all the pictures and information that have come out since that wedding. Um, and also I want to talk about the documentary that I watched last night, which was the Jennifer Lopez halftime documentary that is now streaming on Netflix. Um, It was interesting and I don't know if it actually gave me a better view of her overall. It was definitely done to make her look um, like the hardest working woman in show business. And I will say it sometimes during it, it kind of fell flat for me, but I'll talk about that um, in a minute. So let's talk a little bit about Britney Spears. Now, for those who have not been following her, I, I mean, I don't follow her religiously or anything like that, but I do follow her on Instagram. And if you've been looking at her Instagram over the past few months, there is something I think very odd that's going on in Britney Spears' mind. Um, she always does the, these weird dance moves where she just moves her hips back and forth and she wears like average, actually I would say not very nice clothing and absolutely horrible, horrible shoes. She has these like brown little pumps that she wears in all these photos and it's, she looks ridiculous and never mind how bad her shoes are, her hair extensions are even worse. So even though I know she's free now and she's out of this conservatorship, um, she looks like she is not fully there sometimes. And then she announced she was pregnant. Then she announced she lost the baby. And then she does more dance moves and erratic twirling around and spinning around. Um, All with this sort of like blank stare in her eyes. And I just keep watching and I'm thinking... I don't know what is going on with this woman. And then to top it all off, never mind all the nude pictures she posts of herself with the little heart over this and a little circle over that. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, It was announced all over last week, last Thursday that she was finally getting married to her boyfriend of, I think like six or seven years. I think his name's Sam or something. I really don't know, but, um, He's a little bit younger than her from what I read, but the thing that caught my attention was the pictures that were posted of the people who were at her wedding. 
Now, it was widely reported that her family that she hates and has basically disowned were not invited. Um, so her mother, her father, her sister, her brother, none of them were there. But instead, some of the guests that were there were Donatella Versace, Paris Hilton, Selena Gomez, which I had no idea they even knew each other, and randomly Drew Barrymore. Um, and the queen of them all, sort of the mother figure of them all, Madonna showed up. And the videos and photos that were posted throughout Thursday and Friday and Saturday of last week are just sort of <laughs> cuckoo crazy. Um, I'm not sure if this would be the wedding to be at or if this would be the wedding that you would want to run to the hills from. Um, Britney Spears herself was wearing a Donatella Versace dress, which when you look at photos, she looks terribly uncomfortable in. She's posing in these weird poses, like where her, she's leaning, her, she's pushing her back, her back, back. Her head is kind of awkwardly tilted and it looks like she really doesn't know how to stand in this dress. In all these dress, in all these photos that she was posting, she looks like, I don't know if the dress didn't fit her, if it didn't fully maybe zip up in the back. So she's trying to like hold it up. I don't know, but she looks so incredibly awkward in the photos, but I guess this was the dress that she wanted. And it's just like the, the actual guest list to me seems kind of bizarre. I mean, through most of it, Madonna sat there in sort of a, a muumuu type dress, which was very unusual for Madonna, and these huge sunglasses the entire time. It was like, I, I don't know why she was wearing the sunglasses through the, everything, but she was always wearing sunglasses in most of the picture. Um, Drew Barrymore is wearing something that looks like a, a brown sort of garbage bag. And again, I didn't even know they even knew each other, Britney Spears and Drew Barrymore. But there she is, like in the second row at this wedding. Selena Gomez, out of all the sort of singers that came up after her, I wouldn't have guessed Selena Gomez would be friends with Britney Spears, let alone invited to her wedding. But eh, there she was. But one of the clips that went viral is this odd group of women at this wedding were doing sort of um, a spoken word karaoke version of Vogue led by Madonna. And it was slightly cringeworthy, I'm not going to lie. Um, clearly the only one that probably knew the words was, was Madonna herself. And even then, I'm not really sure if she fully remembered the beat. Um, but I don't want to discredit Madonna at all. But uh, still, it was a little odd and like Drew Barrymore and Selena Gomez and Brittany and Paris were just sort of like nodding their heads and you know trying to sing along like a couple words behind what the actual song was and it was just really really strange and then then we saw photos again of Britney. She changed several times throughout the evening. She had a, a red dress and then she just wore a black blazer and a diamond encrusted thong or something. Um, I don't know how she changed three times for this evening wedding, but she changed three times and no one's really dancing. It's just sort of like her kind of slowly moving around the dance floor while everyone else kind of watches her. Um, 
it's just it, it it looked like it'd be the most fascinating wedding but the most awkward strangest wedding as well um and then it came out that i guess she did sign a prenup um so he can't get any of her money if this marriage doesn't last uh wink wink before uh like money that she earned in her past so i guess that was all that was going on with this wedding i mean more keeps coming out daily about her brother said he was invited and she wrote some rambling um note on instagram saying that he wasn't invited and he can go f himself and i don't know i just i don't think this is the end of the britney drama i don't even know ah, who knows she strikes me as someone that may have a few more weddings to this guy just to invite more sort of other celebrities to come celebrate with her it just when oh, her kids her kids didn't even come to the wedding that was the other thing um her two boys weren't even there and then while all this was going on like the weird vogue singing and the weird dancing at the wedding her they say her ex-husband but technically they were they had the marriage annulled and what they were married for like 50 hours the jason alexander was live streaming breaking into her house which it's strange that he even knew where she lived, but I guess he knew where she lived. He was able to break in and then live stream it on Facebook or Instagram or something. He's now been arrested and I think he has a restraining order. She has a restraining order against him. So all this was going on while this wedding was happening. Like it was just sort of like so much was going on that you didn't even really know where to focus. Like, you know, there was Paris and her Kathy Hilton and then, you know, and it also looked like everyone kind of came on their own, too. Like, I don't think, like, Paris's husband was there. I don't know if anyone was allowed to bring guests. Like, it looked like there was probably 30 people at this whole wedding. Um, so my take on it isn't, like, <laughs> I don't know. Will this marriage last? Who knows? I, I don't personally think so. But um, I guess she's happily married and, you know, she's still posting bizarre spinning dance moves on Instagram and she's still posting, you know, sort of random wedding shots throughout the day. So we'll see where this goes. But I'll tell you that wedding photo of the, the six of these women um, probably has now become my favorite celebrity wedding photo just because of the randomness of it. And also to be clear, I'm not a huge Britney Spears fan and I've mentioned this in other podcast uh, episodes. So, you know, my take on it maybe isn't as detailed as a real true Britney Spears fan. Um, yeah, so I'm not really that overly invested in it, but um, I will tell you if they made a reality show about this wedding, I would be watching it like in a second. And so with that, my next thing that I wanted to sort of talk about was what I watched last night on Netflix, what, which is the new Jennifer Lopez documentary called Halftime. And it's streaming right now on Netflix. It's about an hour and a half long. And unlike Britney Spears, I am a J-Lo fan. So I was really, really looking forward to watching this. And I was also really, really looking forward to see how they were going to completely wipe Alex Rodriguez from existence in her life. Because this documentary takes place right at the peak of her and Alex Rodriguez. Like I think they, well, they were engaged because you see her massive engagement ring more than you ever see any even glimpse of him throughout this whole documentary. But um, it starts in September of 2019 at 
the TIFF uh, Toronto International Film Festival, which, funny enough, um, I, with some friends, was able to go to the premiere of Hustlers and <clears throat> see her um, come out and present the movie. And it ends right after the Super Bowl halftime show in February of 2020, basically a month before the whole world went into lockdown, um, which is obviously not talked about on this. But again, it's amazing how Alex Rodriguez is completely wiped from existence in Jennifer Lopez's life. And there were supposed to be cameras following her all the time as she's, you know, trying to get an Oscar nomination for Hustlers, her 50th birthday. She just finished her world tour. Um, and right up to the Super Bowl halftime show, which if you followed her or him on Instagram or social media, A-Rod was all over this, like, like stuck to her. Like he, if she was there, he was the shadow. This documentary, you get four quick and I and I checked for this four quick like you blink you miss him and most of the time it is just like a side profile or his back um so anyways oh and actually it does yeah it does also t do her inaugural um stuff that she did for um Biden's inauguration as well again a rod was front and center that nowhere to be found at all so was this documentary like amazing and spectacular. Well, if you're not a Jennifer Lopez fan, you will not probably end up becoming one. You probably will have very little interest in watching this. Um, you know, the theme of the whole thing is, is her struggles and how hard she's worked and that she's never been taken seriously. And she was doing whatever she could to get an Oscar nomination for her role in Hustlers, which I did like the movie. I did think she deserved the Oscar nomination, but full disclosure, she did not get one. And you see that heartbreak um, with her, obviously, I will say in full makeup, <laughs> um, lying in bed, crying that she didn't get the nomination. So I don't really know how surprised she was when she was in full glam and, you know, trying to prepare to get this nomination, which she didn't get. But one of the things that has come out and all the press has been talking about with this documentary is sort of her her mad that she had to share the Super Bowl with Shakira and that she thought it was the worst thing in the world that they forced her to do uh, a show with someone else. Which, watching this, it, um, Rock Nation, which is Jay-Z's company, is in charge of the Super Bowl halftime show, so I don't know if that was their decision, but she was not happy with this decision. And I really got the impression watching this... Um, that I don't think she really likes Shakira that much. I wouldn't say she didn't like her, but it was it was kind of like they didn't really even know each other. And one of the things that kind of made me laugh was there's a scene in it where Jennifer Lopez is trying to um, sort of design her whole Super Bowl, the Super Bowl halftime show. And basically she's come to the conclusion that she only has about, if they split it, her and Shakira, she has only about six minutes to do all her hits, which is practically impossible, what she says. But in it, she wants to make like political statements about being from Puerto Rico and everything that's going on with, um, you know, children at the border. So her idea, and she presents this to Shakira, is, is that she wants them to come out, her and Shakira, to sing part of Born in the USA. And Shakira is not really up for this, mainly because, as she puts it, she was not born in the USA. And the song doesn't really resonate with her. And it would seem sort of, it wouldn't make any sense because she's not from America. 
And you can just tell that this just like irked JLo. Like it irked her so much. And, you know, she tried to spin it as, well, it doesn't matter if you were born in the USA, but anyone who's not born in the USA wishes that they were. So that's why you should sort of sing it. And like, I just, I couldn't stop laughing when I, when she said that, cause I was just like, I, I, you know, I'm going to be team Shakira on that one because it would have made no sense at all. But if you remember from the halftime show, she brings out her daughter and they, I think her daughter sings like one or two lines from that song. So that didn't happen. And then there's another scene where her and Shakira are rehearsing pretty close, I guess, probably to the actual Super Bowl. And Shakira's talking to one of her kids or something. And JLo asks her, if she, you know, like how, about her kids, like, oh, you have kids? And which I'm like, she didn't know that. But OK, so Shakira's like, yeah, I have two boys and one is like seven and her, his birthday is like in two days. And you could see on her face that she was really sad because she said she's going to miss it. And J-Lo was sort of like, oh, okay. And like, they just sort of moved on to the next topic. And I felt kind of bad for Shakira because it just seemed like, I don't know. It just seemed like J-Lo was, it, it's like she knew her, but they're, they're, I don't think they're friends. And it became sort of clear when you see sort of this whole sort of background about the halftime show and them setting up for the performance. I don't really know if they liked each other that much or they were just doing it as a job, but Anyways, I don't know if she's going to, J-Lo's going to win over a bunch of Shakira fans with this documentary. Um, the other thing was, you know, like I mentioned, no A-Rod, but the massive engagement ring is seen like throughout on her hands and stuff and how hard she works with all her glam. And if you remember, the other thing I learned from this is if you remember, she was on the Golden Globes, also nominated, but did not win. And she's, she's going through this whole like dress. She has all these dresses, probably... 50, 60 dresses there that she can choose from, like glamorous, gorgeous dresses. And she willingly picked this dress that had this like huge bow and looked like a, a green present with this gold like bow on it. And I remember thinking when I saw that at the Golden Globes, like this dress is hideous. Who would have put her in this dress? Well, based on this documentary, she put herself in it and this is the dress that she picked. And it was sort of picked because it's, you can't lose in this dress. Well, no, you can't. The dress you did lose and the award you lost. But so I, for me, that was also an interesting thing that she could have had all these gorgeous dresses. And this was the monstrosity that she picked out for the Golden Globes. Um, so I found that interesting as well at all. Oh, and also they're having Thanksgiving dinner. And I learned that J-Lo's uh, parents are divorced because he's referred to her mother refers to him as her ex-husband, but I guess they're still friends. So I didn't even, I know there's a lot of people that don't know anything about Jennifer Lopez's father. I don't know anything really about him other than I heard he was a Scientologist, but um, I guess they're not married anymore. And, you know, J-Lo, it, it was a, it was a good documentary, but it really didn't, it didn't really like, I, I don't think it's good. Like I said earlier, it's not going to win. I don't think people over to become J-Lo fans if you weren't already a fan of hers. But it's on Netflix. It's an hour and a half. Eh, if you want to watch it, I totally recommend it. In other news, I was also asked to comment on someone else I could care less about. And that is the um, Kourtney Kardashian wedding um, to the guy from Sum 51, which I don't even remember his name offhand. Travis Barker, I think that's his name. Um, okay, if you didn't think I really cared about Britney... 
like there's not a level that I care about Kourtney Kardashian and this guy who I kind of think looks like Lurch from the Addams Family. So I don't know, Google Lurch from the Addams Family and I think they look like the same. But this ridiculous wedding that took place in Italy was basically a fashion show for Dolce & Gabbana. Like it was paid for them by them. They designed it all. It was just, I think, their version of a of a runway and the Kardashians were the models that they put in these hideous, hideous clothes. And the whole thing was just, I just thought the whole thing was gross. And did I pay much attention to it? Not really, but it inundated my Twitter feed and it inundated my Instagram feed. And it just seemed like every day it was worse and worse. And if I never hear anything from these two people again, um, I will live a happy life because I, I just, I can't, I can't stand the Kardashians in general, but in particular, Courtney, who doesn't want to be famous, but then wants to be famous. And this bizarre husband of hers, which I don't, I don't understand how they even like each other, but they do. And I just, the whole thing that happened in Italy and all the photos were like, She's wearing an outfit. Her wedding dress looks like it's the underneath of a wedding dress. Um, it looked at one point like she was wearing sort of a big diaper, but I don't know. Like, they just want to be so... I, I, they just, I think she just wants to keep up with Kim so much that it's, like, kind of sad. And the kids look miserable, like, being trotted around Italy in these, like, ridiculous outfits. And they look super hot in, by the way. Like, I can't figure out what the temperature was there because... Some of them were dressed like it was like the middle of summer and then others dressed like it was going to be a snowstorm at any minute. So I have no idea how, what was going on. But then when I heard it was all sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana, I was just like, of course it was, of course, because there's no way on earth that anyone would have willingly picked out any of these clothes. But it got them a lot of ridiculous press and I'm sure it got them at least half a season for the reality show next season and that will not be the end of these two. I know they're trying to have a kid and I just, every time they pop up on my Twitter feed, I just roll my eyes and I just can't handle it. The other thing I don't want to hear any more about is the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. I know people have asked me about that. Um, these two, you know, these two ultimately I think deserve each other. They're both so out there. They both probably were terrible to each other they both lied about stuff. They were both toxic. I just, it was actually, I didn't watch any of it, to be honest, because I have no interest in Johnny Depp. I have even less interest in her. And really the trial was about defamation. It wasn't actually about abuse and who was, you know, who was abusing who here. It was, that whole trial was about that she said something in an article and he sued her for defamation. So, and I think what is now she's got to pay $10 million or something like that. Like she has $10 million. Truth be told, I only knew her from her super supporting role in Magic Mike 1. And that was even unmemorable. So, you know, I don't know. Like I wish them the best. Um, I'm sure he'll make another Pirates of the Caribbean somewhere. And she, well, she's already done her interview for the Today Show, which she did in record time. I was personally expecting it to be Gail King, but it was um, on the Today Show instead. But that's not the last you've heard of her. She's going to milk this for everything because she wants to stay in the spotlight. And he'll do the same because he wants his movie career back. So 
in the end, we'll still keep hearing about them. But um, yeah, I was glad the trial was done and I could care less about either one of them or whoever pooped in the... All I know is someone pooped in the bed and they thought it was her and she blamed it on their Yorkie dog or something. Once I heard that, it's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, to, good to stay away from this. Let's see what else has been going on that I haven't really had a chance to do a, an episode about. Um, was it last week or the week after what, or week before was the Queen's Jubilee, which, you know, I find it interesting that people were really shocked that she didn't do every event. And like, they really had to find a reason to say why she wasn't doing these events. I'm like, it's cause she's 96. Like she was lucky that she came out in the balcony twice. Like that people actually thought she'd be in a parade and that she would be at some church uh, service and that she would be doing all this other stuff. Like, she's 96. That's why she's not doing it. Like, period. She's 96. Her going out on the balcony was very historic in a sense because we'll never see that again, a monarch that lasts that long. And it was her way to say goodbye because probably the next time would be probably at her funeral, um, which really could happen at any time when you're 96. Um, and then everyone was making a big deal about Harry and Meghan not being on the balcony, but again, I think, actually, you know what? I think this podcast should be called The People I Could Care Less About. So I really don't care much about um, Britney Spears and her wedding. I certainly don't care anything about Kourtney Kardashian. I even less care about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And I'm going to add that to that pile. I could really, really care less about Harry and Meghan. Um, you know, the fact that now I'm hearing rumors that the only like gig that they can get at Netflix is some sort of reality show. I'm like, that's falling far. <laughs> Considering you have a massive podcast deal and I've done more podcast episodes than you and this an even bigger Netflix deal and nothing has come of it except a possible reality show about your life in LA. Again, they, they might as well do a, a joint reality show with the, with Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. Megan, Harry, Courtney, and Travis can do a reality show and it can air on Hulu or Netflix, I guess, who knows, and good for them. But there is literally, I could care less about those two. And they were not invited to a lot of the parties because they weren't working royals, which I guess makes sense. But, you know, I, I don't know. They claimed that they invited... William and Kate to the one-year-old's birthday, but it was actually on the same day and time that they were already scheduled to be doing, Will and Kate were doing stuff, I want to say like in Northern England or something like that for the Jubilee. So there would have been no way possible that they would have even been able to attend um, Lilibet's birthday, but it made sure that it got out to the press that they were jaded and they didn't show up to um, Harry and Meghan's daughter's birthday but really they weren't even in town that day they were doing something else for the jubilee but you know it'll be interesting to see what happens because my guess my prediction is i don't think the queen is going to live past this year i probably shouldn't say that but i don't think she's going to make it to 97 that's just my feeling and i think when she does pass the funeral will will be like bigger than what Diana's funeral was, to be quite honest. It'll probably be quite the, the thing to see. But, you know, it was really not that... It didn't air that much over here where I am, so I only saw little bits and pieces of it. But 
good for the queen. 96 years old. You don't expect to really see her out much anymore. And I think that might be all I have to discuss in my little rambling podcast, my return to podcasting. Again, I'm so sorry that it's taken so long, but I'm writing lists and stuff of, of what I want to talk about and, and hopefully start doing this again weekly um, because I've missed doing it. So I hope everyone has enjoyed this. And um, yeah, remember to follow me um, on Instagram. My handle is Muma the Puma the podcast. And you can also find me at Twitter at Muma the Puma. Have a great rest of the week. And until next time, I'm Lori with Muma the Puma the podcast.